Lambert und Karl-Heinz Riele 1 zu 0 für Borussia Dortmund. GFP back after a short international break and today we're discussing one of my favourite football related subjects we're talking about well actually but before we get into that I'll introduce my panel with me I've got uh, George Balakrishna with me how are you George I've written um, down my notes written down my notes to say to you have your team has your team chucked away any two goal leads recently uh, and it took me a second to remember because I did these notes so long ago what I'm actually talking about but I believe I'm talking about 1860 against Braunschweig uh, so you you weren't talking about um, Chelsea making it through to the the final of the the Club World Cup with a with a very very uh, impressive one nil win over um, Al Hilal, wasn't that? No, it was right. Nah. Yeah, I mean Braunschweig a good team, uh, but yeah, to especially they ended the game with ten men as well. Um, I actually tweeted at the time when we were two 0 up, please don't bottle this. Um, so that probably didn't help um, in the yeah the fact that we give we, but you know still since Mulder's left that's four games and one draw still undefeated still two games in hand on a lot of the teams above us um, so I, I won't say anything just yet but uh, I also shan't um, succumb to your your attempt to take the piss out of me there. <laughs> oh well, I, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> just in case in case uh, in case it sounds like my my voice is lost, it's sort of. Because it has uh, last night's Derby game took its toll on my voice. A lot of shouting and the glorious Air United win at Rugby Park against Kilmarnock. I'm sure you all know. I'm sure you've already seen that anyway. Uh, but we're also joined by our special guest, Louis Ostrowski. So uh, we've brought on Louis. You may, you may have seen him listing his trico of the day thread on Twitter on listing some of the historic German football shots and decided to ask him on just to have a, a themed episode on Trico's. And just in case you don't know what that means, uh, Trico is German for football shirt, but you probably do. Um, so, Louis, uh, Louis, good to have you on. How are you doing? Yeah, doing well, thanks. I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be on, talking about football kits, which, I mean, I talk about football kits to anyone, so. Excellent. I don't know how long uh, you want to talk to me for, but I'll, probably wrap it on the whole time well we usually when George is on we end up rattling off for about two hours anyway so you can you can talk as long as you want uh, so I, I mean firstly before we get into like the, the football shirts and stuff uh, just wondering um, so you're wearing an, an Osnabrück shirt just now so you've got a bit of Osnabrück sympathy is that right yeah so I've been it's kind of um a bit weird because I've been I've you know, been a German football fan for years, and then Osnabrück in the last couple of years. So I already uh, I have some slightly tenuous family links to Osnabrück because my dad used to live there uh, when he was very young because there's a British military base there, and then uh, on my mum's side of the family there's some family friends who live nearby. So it's basically a place that I'd heard of. And so if I looked in 
you know, the German second division or third division, depending on when it was, there was basically one place that I'd heard of. So it was like, oh, that's cool. I like those ones. And then so the more kind of into German football I got, the more attention I paid to them. And, and then, yeah, in 2018-19, they got promoted to the Zweite Liga. They won the third division for the second time. And that was the first year that I was properly paying attention to them because you can get highlights online by then. And, you can, you know, I was a lot more aware of what was going on and started to follow them seriously, watching every game once they'd gone up to the second division. Been there twice. Hopefully we'll get to go back Uh it's harder to watch them now because they've obviously gone back down to the third division, but we'll make it work. So, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, I suppose. I, I don't know how many Osnabrück fans there are outside of Osnabrück, really, but oh well. I don't, well, one thing I've always thought, it sort of ties into the theme of the episode this week, the uh, tricos, because Osnabrück's shirts are so distinctive, like the purple and I've always, I've always quite liked them. Uh, George, you, you, you've got a high opinion of Osterbrook, don't you? After your trips to the trip to the Bremer Brooker. Yeah, I have a very high opinion of uh, Osterbrook. Actually, um, one of my favourite things was that I, I, I sort of recently developed a rule um, uh, that one of the criteria for, for a good away day early in, in Germany is that the, the walk to the stadium should be no less than 30 minutes um, from the Hauptbahn off. And I'm not really a fan of getting public transport to the to the game. I quite like um, the walk. And I went, I went to Osterbrook with um, with Roy and Robert. And at one point we ended up sort of walking around, like it's kind of around people's gardens, like up different um, like sort of fields. I'm sure we probably didn't take the most conventional way, but the, we were kind of just following the people in front of us. And at one point we were in a quite busy part of the town. And then at some point we ended up, I'm not going to say lost, but like I said, probably not on the most um, conventional way to the ground. But it was it was definitely worth it. We got there. Really, really impressive stadium. Really close to the pitch. Really compact. Um, strangely enough, Robert knows someone uh, whose dad is quite high up uh, in the Osterbrook hierarchy. Um, I'm sure you won't mind me saying that. Uh, and he was saying um, that at the time we went, this was... October, November. Um, obviously, the stadium wasn't completely full, so the the organised um, fan group wasn't there. Um, but in spite of that, they managed to put on a really, really good um, show from behind. Um, well, I'm, I'm not sure what end that would be. Actually, I'm sure we'll do it. Totally. The the one opposite where the away end sit. Um, and yeah, was, yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. Um, yeah, it was very, very impressive. Um, they actually lost that game. That was what, that was the period in which I went about seven or eight games in a row, uh, not watching a, a home win. So I was kind of getting more and more convinced it was it was my uh, my presence that um, sent them into defeat against against Fickle. But yeah. overall, you don't get home wins in Osterbrook very often these days. <laughs> yeah, well, it did against eighteen sixty actually this season. Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, and Osnabrück seemed like a very, very nice town as well. 
Um, but um, yeah, Bremen Brook are probably one of the most impressive um, stadium I've been to. So yeah, I've got do I do have a high opinion of Osterbrook, and I also randomly ended up watching them play away uh, at Victoria Berlin uh, this season, which means that like I was saying before we started recording, the two teams that I've seen uh, the most this season are Haasfau and, and Osterbrook, and um, yeah, like I said, my my opinion of Osterbrook is considerably higher than than that of Haasfau. So. Yeah, only positive things to say about them. There we go. A lot of Osnabrück loving. I think we probably got enough of that in our um, visit Osnabrück episode like three months ago. Uh, that, that sort of turned into a similar um, glowing review of the Bremerbrücke and the city itself. But um, we'll move back to the move back to the subject of the episode. So, uh, football shirts. So you might have seen Louis' Trico of the Day thread on Twitter. So you is it how how did this come about? What sort of inspired it? Was it a bit of a a bit of a sort of New Year's resolution thing? You would do one every day? Yeah, it it was I've had the idea before and kind of didn't do it because I didn't know really how many kits there would be that were interesting. And if I, you know, keep it up and I just kind of decided I think it was on New Year's uh, New Year's Eve I just was like well I might as well just start doing this and see if people are interested and see if I can keep doing it so yeah so far I've done been doing it for over a month just posting one a day and yeah it's it's quite good fun because I mean like there's a lot of kits that I know about and then there's a lot more that I find out about that I have no idea about for for teams that you know I some of them I couldn't even tell you necessarily what color they would they would wear and now I you know put them in my list of kits to do so maybe in a week's time or a month's time they might end up getting posted and you might see them but yeah I was going to ask about that. Have you got? I was kind of wondering. Do you have like a a database that's like filled with three hundred and sixty five kits, or are you sort of scrabbling to get them like the day before or the day of or whatever? So, I have a, a spreadsheet basically, which has got three hundred and sixty five places in it. I don't have three hundred and sixty five kits in it. So, for example, if if I were to look in the month of um, july on on the spreadsheet there's i think three or four that i've put there and i kind of just put them in randomly because i just want to mix it around a bit i mean if i think of the first 10 interesting football kits on the top of my head they're probably all from you know the same couple of years or they're all the ones with a strange story behind them and you know i kind of want to spread it out a bit more so that hopefully if I do keep doing this for 365 days, there'll still be interesting ones to post at the end. So I kind of just organise it so that I don't put them all the same next to each other. So I think I don't think there's any team I've done more than tw- uh, twice so far, I don't think. Which, Are there any I mean, ones? Uh, sorry, I was... Of the ones you've done so far, don't like to spoil the surprise for any that are still to come, but... Um, because a lot of them have like some of them it's just like a really nice kit, but some of them have more of an interesting story. Or is there any ones you'd 
pick out so far that maybe have a, a story attached to them? Uh, yeah, there, there are a few. I mean, there's the one I did um, this morning, which was Germany's 82 World Cup kit. And it's not a particularly interesting kit, but it's kind of just a a symbol of kind of a unique thing because it's both Adidas and Erima, because it's an Adidas shirt and Erima shorts. And that's something that I kind of find really interesting because I don't, I don't know if that happened anywhere else, but it was something that was very common in Germany. And I, do, I don't know if people know about that. It was just the normal thing to wear both Adidas and Erima because Adidas owned them. Uh, what other ones I've done off the top of my head? Uh, there was the Cologne one when they won the league, uh, the first ever Bundesliga season, which was allegedly designed by Christian Dior, which you don't uh, associate with football kits. But, you you know, you find out these stories and it's like, OK, that's quite interesting. That That's one of the ones that I quite like, even though it's it's literally just a plain white shirt. But there's a bit of a story behind it and it's iconic in a way, so... No, it's it's de- it's definitely taught me some things. Like I mean, the whole thing about different manufacturers, for like the shorts and the shirt, that was something that was new to me. I hadn't realised. And I, I think I actually remember reading about Erima being owned by Adidas because uh, I bought the a couple of years ago. I bought the I don't know if anyone's aware of the Bundesliga trikots kit. It's in German, but it's like yeah, the... really thick book. It's got really good pictures, yeah. but. Even if you don't speak the language, it's a really, a really um, good book. Sorry, we want uh, George. We yeah, want I, was, um, I was just going to ask Louis. I mean, uh, Colin and I are both um, uh, history graduates, so we're sort of used to our used to our research ourselves. But I was very. Um, what I'm most impressed of is how are you actually finding finding all of this out about all these different kits? I mean, especially, I mean. Yeah, I, did, I, did, I can't even really think how you would go about um, finding out all these because you've got some really, really interesting um, little threads of information there. So how have you sort of, got, you know, are they sort of things you already knew or have you actively gone looking? Because I think if you search interesting things about German football kits, I can't imagine you get too many results. So I'm very, very impressive that you've managed to find so many already. Yeah, it's it's... Again, it's quite weird, and German football is quite different, I think, to English football. Because if you, if you want to find out English football kit history, you can just find any team, any, and you can just get a list of every kit that they have worn for, like, the last century. And there are loads of people doing that and putting it online. Whereas with the German ones, it's often it's, like, one dedicated fan of each club has a collection, has a website, or maybe it's just a Facebook page. And so you really have to like try and find these things out. So if I'm I might just put in a club and a player who played for them in maybe the seventies and eighties and look at some of the kits and it's like, well, that one's quite interesting. I quite like that one. And then try and find out more. And it's also a bit less not regulated but it's a bit weird and that they haven't always stuck to we use this kit in this season and not after that 
some kits get used for years some kits get used once and then there's a slightly different version of it and it's like difficult to find these things and I there'll be ones that I post that I don't know exactly everything about because they are just kind of and then you get the ones that are more recent that it's you know it's this is the kit this team wore in 2011 in 2018 and there were loads of pictures of it and it's a lot easier to actually just find out who's who's made it and it's it's all right there and it's it's quite different really but I mean when there's 50 years between some of the things that I've put it's obviously going to be quite different I've clearly put loads of research into it it's really good interest to read uh, definitely uh, but just something something we did for the episode beforehand was we, we tweeted out asking for listeners to send in some of their favourite kits uh, and we at the pod also contributed uh, posting pictures of some of our kits um, we, had, we had some great suggestions from uh, listeners who replied friend of the pod Andrew Hunter he uh, suggested Kiln's reversible anniversary top, uh, which celebrated 70 years in 2018. Uh, Jacob Sweetman suggested a good few, including the, the famous uh, Jägermeister Eintracht Braunschweig kit, which I believe was the, it was the first to have a, a shirt sponsor, I think. Yeah, I'm right in saying. it's first in the Bundesliga, yeah, but right, not right. the first in Germany. But that's a different one, which I'll probably post quite soon, which is... a. Uh, and I think I've posted it on Twitter before because it's something that, I mean, when I first kind of got into German football, I heard about, you know, this Braunschweig kit. They had the Jägermeister logo. Wow, that's great. That's cool. And then it turns out there's a another club who I think five years before that had uh, had Caterpillar written on their shirts, which is the, the construction company. And that was kind of, before it and nobody really remembers it because they weren't in the Bundesliga and it wasn't a you know an alcoholic drink so maybe it's less cool less memorable oh so I, right a German club had had it so Braunschweig were just the first in the top flight yeah yeah uh, yeah Jacob Jacob suggested a few ones continuing the alcohol theme also uh, suggested a, a white St. Pauli effort sponsored by Jack Daniels pretty iconic and uh, just other other great suggestions. We got a uh, red version of the Bochum rainbow kit. I think that was the, the third kit from 1998, 1999. Yeah. A few uh, Köln kits. Schalke, third kit from about 2011. So yeah, really I posted suggestions. that one a, a few days ago as well. The, uh, the purplish Schalke one, which I always really liked, even though it's a bit weird. It's a, it's a good, I like the colour, I don't know. They used it in the cup final, didn't they, against Duisburg? Uh, yeah. yeah. Just uh, in terms of in terms of the pods, we, we suggested some of our favourite kits. Uh, unsurprisingly, Roy's and George's were Kuhn and 1860, respectively. Roy's being the FC home kit from 95-96, sponsored by Ford. Uh, George's, the, the famed 1860 home of 95-96, wasn't it, George? Yeah, but I would say I'm quite lucky. I mean, <clears throat> around about this time last year, uh, I did a on on my 1860 page, my, did a a round of 16. Was it round of 16? Was it round of 16 or 32? I can't actually remember. I think it was probably 16. 
um, 16 solely uh, 1860 kits because especially especially in the 90s they're very well known for um for having some really really interesting aesthetically pleasing kits so uh, and, and that one was probably my favorite I think I actually won the little the the trico tournament that I did back then but yeah that's probably probably one of one of my favorites I don't I really I do really like 1860 kits I don't know I suppose it's just the colours. Uh, I like the light blue, white, and the black combination. It's really nice. Like the 90s ones, but there's also... I quite like the Macron ones from the sort of, like, 2015-16 sort of time. Like, blue and white. Like, sort of Argentina-type uh, stripes. It was uh, always quite quite good, but I don't yeah, actually... I could, have, I, could have, I could have thrown in... I could have thrown in some of the the funky Oktoberfest kits that we've had over the years, but I think they're they're more of a sort of novel uh, comic value rather than being um, especially easy on the eye. Yeah, I'd, there's there's a lot to choose from. To be fair, uh, Robert sent in his uh, his was the ninety two ninety three home shot of Schalke. Uh, my one was sort of a, a wee bit different. I don't know, it was sort of a bit out of the blue. Had the ninety eight ninety nine Hertha home kit. It's like the manufactured by Adidas. It's like navy white, uh, navy navy blue and white hoops. It was something a bit different. I don't know. It's always like memorable ones are, but the designs are a bit different from what you, you'd usually expect from a club like Hertha having hoops. Um, and it's, it's I thought it that always, was a brilliant kit. It always uh, reminds me of like a, a prison uniform. <laughs> well, I mean. I still like it. I still like it. I like the sponsor, uh, Decontinentale. Yeah. Um, Dortmund had it as well. Yeah, I think. Like... I think like that's the the Decontinentale is. It's kind of one of those sponsors that you just associate with. Like whenever whenever you see a certain brand, you you associate it with, uh, with the football kit, um, and in this case with with Hertha and Dortmund, it's pretty pretty synonymous with with those kits. I, I think it's. A, I don't even. I think they're an insurance company. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's a so. tire company. Um, well, Continental tires, what am I thinking? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so I can't, I can't say I've ever, I've ever used um, Decontinentale um, insurance, but I certainly their the brand is certainly recognisable to me for that. For their... see, Continental tires, did they not used to have like Timo Hildebrand in their adverts? I think that's what I'm. I'm a, I don't know if I'm completely imagining this. I'm sure Timo Hildebrand, like even in the UK adverts, used to be in the Continental. Um, used to be in the Continental adverts, so I always associated Continental with German football. And obviously, when you see Don, De Continentale on Dortmund and Hertha kits, you just sort of make the link. But I've just realised that for about 15 years, I've, I've been wrong in my head, and it's not actually a tyre company. But oh well. <laughs> I don't know if you, have you got any other favourites, Louis. Um, I think favourites. I think well, the Bochum Rainbow kits from ninety seven, ninety nine. That's probably one of my favourites, which is partially just because I have one, <laughs> which was, um, I don't know, it's quite lucky, but that. <laughs> I don't know. I have a lot of kits that I kind of just like. I don't know how many of there are that are, you know. Um, I mean, I 
my favourite uh, Bundesliga kits. There, there have been a, a few that I have, like um, the kit that Bayern were, were, won the Champions League in in 2013. I always just thought it was a really great design, but it's not anything, you know, crazy or particularly special. I just, you know, think think it's just really good all round kind of what a Bayern kit should look like and the uh, one they won the previous Champions League in actually in 2001 which was kind of just a plain red shirt but it's it just looks kind of right so uh, I mean th- th- every year there are kits that you you know you like and you don't like but there are probably like f- five or six that kind of stand out as like the favourites, like the the orange for the Bremen kits, which is like, I don't know why that's, I don't know whose idea that was, but I love it, even though it kind of looks bad, but I love it anyway. Um, when Dortmund had, actually I've got that on my wall as well, when Dortmund had yellow and white stripes, it's kind of a kit that I think is objectively pretty awful, and yet I really like it. So I know my favourites are kind of weird. Because That's sort of like what I, what I was going to go into next, sort of how you... A lot of time, it's like a sort of time period where you associate that with the teams of the time, like Bayern in the 90s used to have like the red and blue of the 90s, and you associate that with the team of that period. Uh, even though, like, obviously, we were sort of talking about this before we recorded how Bayern fans, they like the red and white kits, they don't like the blue, but I thought it looked really good with the Opal sponsor, which I thought was, like, a really good sponsor of the period. Had, like, AC Milan and uh, PSG at the same time had it. And then you've got Vera Bremen shirts with the orange in it that you associate with, like, the Thomas Shaft team with Diego yeah. and Miroslav Closer. Um, then there's the Dortmund of the 90s as well uh, with the sort of like luminous yellow colour sort of around about the time they won the, the Champions League so I don't know it's like not just a cat you come to associate it with like sort of periods of success and different players something to look yeah, back on fondly it's, it's kind of just whatever kit you had during your best years is your most iconic kit and it's like that's what every kit should look like from now on and it's like well it's kind of got nothing to do with whether the kit actually looks nice or not it's just oh you know that that Bremen kit doesn't look nice but it makes me think of Ailton and Johan Miku bring it back maybe I, they haven't had orange on the on the home kit for, uh, since which, I mean, I'd love it to come back. I don't know what Bremen fans think, but for me, that's that's something that I always just really liked. So yeah, you sort of like associate it with, obviously, like when I started liking German football, being aware of the teams, it was like years ago, back in the 2000s, when Werder Bremen did have those kind of kits. And I always just assumed because of that, like orange was their secondary colour. I, I never realised that sort of that was just of that time period. So I was a bit disappointed when they started going back to green and white. Um, we're, t- we're talking a bit about eras, uh, as we mentioned, like 
they come to define different clubs. But I was wondering, I was wondering if uh, you had an opinion on different eras of uh, kits and any pre- preferences. A lot of our favourite kits have come from the nineties, which I think is a very popular period of time in terms of German football kits, especially. Uh, would you say that the nineties was the peak period of shirts in German football? So, I mean, yes and no. It's kind of um, the nineties is when you suddenly start getting all kinds of crazy different designs and loads of different manufacturers all doing the same kind of crazy ideas um, and kind of doing a lot more with what they what they have. So you know, fitting. Uh, uh, one of the 90s trends was, you know, having a massive logo kind of around the hip, like uh, one of the 1860 kits had that. There's a Stuttgarter kickers kit that has their badge massive on the, on the side of the, the hip and on the shorts. And whereas kind of before you just had mostly templates, it kind of became a lot more weird which I think most people like. So that's why it's everyone's favourite kits. I think my favourite kits are probably from the late 90s and maybe the early 2010s, which might be because that's when I was getting into German football and it's kind of like, that's what I think these teams should look like. But also I think... uh, the templates that you kind of had then were more sane than now was um, now you have like every night kit has some kind of slightly crazy design, whether it's one of the, you know, standout teams that they do Leipzig where they do these. I mean, this kit, this year's kit looks like it's been soaked in blood. Mm -hmm. I personally think it's pretty crap, but and then you've got like Freiburg's kit, which is just a, a template, but it's got like a tiger stripe thing. And it's like in the early 2010s, it was more about clean kind of designs. And that's what I prefer because I think they just look really nice. I mean, that's all it is to it. I'm sure there'll be people that kind of prefer the designs we have now because they're the same reasons that I don't really like but I mean that's I just, what it's all about yeah I just think it's really interesting the way that the fashion changes like eight, like sort of 80s I think a lot of the kits were quite um plain sort of simple designs in the 90s they got more expressive and I think that's why people like them because like you were saying they sort of were trying different new things uh like late 90s there's so many kits that I, I, I'm I barely dislike any of the Bundesliga kit in the late 90s because none of them were really boring. Then the 2000s, I think, continued with a lot of design. I think a lot of the 2000s kits are really ugly. There's some horrible like yeah. late 2000s Bundesliga kits. Like it's one of my one of the worst ones. I think is quite a, quite an obscure example. But you know the it's a Bielefeld kit like Kronbacher, and it's got so much design so many on strange- it. Flashes yeah. and yeah. like squiggles. 
yeah, I th- and I think the like the 2006 World Cup Germany kit and and the away kit, those are like my least favorite Germany kits, which is kind of weird because that's um, you know like you're supposed to like the ones you grew up with, but I just think they're really pretty bad, and a lot of the 2000 kits have like um like you have the seams on the front like mm. some of those Bremen kits which I really like just have the seams on the front which is just really strange and I don't know why and I think it looks kind of ugly and you have some that have random you know lines and squiggles I I much prefer the kits we have now to like the mid 2000s that's probably my least favorite kind of era I don't know, I think, I think I'll bring you in in a minute, George, because you've not spoken in a long time. Um, but I, I don't know, I, I quite like I quite like the 2000s ones, though. I, like, I sort of appreciate that they're ugly. I didn't think they were ugly at the time, because they were sort of like the norm when you're yeah. growing up. Like, the two, like 2006 Germany one's a great example. I always really liked that kit, and like I still do for nostalgic reasons. Uh, similar to, I always liked the Brazil 2002 World Cup shot. But now looking back on it, it just doesn't. I don't think it looks as good because you think it looks really baggy. Some of the designs are a bit weird. But yeah, the, I mean, the two, in the two thousands, every kit was either really baggy, or the the really skin tight ones. And yeah, it's like I ones, don't yeah. know why this was the trend. Just have a normal shirt. I sort of prefer it to the like, conservative ones in the early like sort of. 10 years ago, 2010s, like the, just now they're becoming a bit more designed, like patterns on the shirts. Like you imagine, like a lot of Premier League away shirts and stuff have a weird pattern on them. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's more memorable when they have a design, even when they're ugly. I don't know what you think, George, if you have any preference for in terms of like eras. I think I think undoubtedly most people w- would say the 90s. I think, like you say, it's just. Uh, a kind of a, amalgamation of a lot of different ideas and, and sort of new possibilities when it comes to, um, you know, kit design and just trying to do as much as you possibly can. It's like all of the, the club budget moves to how much can we spend on making our, our design the mo- the one that stands out the most. Um, and I think I was just thinking about the, the, 18, the 16, 1860 uh, tricots that I did at the time I'm pretty sure I had to make a sort of active effort to to include some ones from the 2000s, the 2010s, and sort of and, and earlier as well, and sort of the 70s, 80s, and, and 60s, because the the most that the objectively I think that the nicest ones are are the 90s one, and I think there's also something inherently quite attractive about the way that the 90s kits sort of they they a lot of the players do look like prepubescent teenagers who are like wearing their dad's kits because the way their sleeves sort of go down to the elbows is sort of an era uh you know in, in football in general but also as you know into part of the, the kit culture that I wish I was able to enjoy at the time because because I mean now it's it's completely opposite. The kits are like pretty much skin tight. Um which you know I, I think does it does make this sort of enhances the athleticism of, of an athletic looking player but I think there's something that I'm just looking here at a picture of Lothar Mateus wearing the the 
uh, buying away kit from 94, 95, like the yellow one that's got like the green yellow one. stripe. Yeah. And he look he looks like he, he does look pretty hard, I think. Like it's a it's a pretty like it's like a more rough and ragged. It sort of looks a bit more like a rugby kit in a way. And I think there's something that's actually there's something that's actually quite uh, endearing about that. I mean, the, the the kits these days are very sort of you could say sterilized, pretty neutral at times. I think there's something to be said for the the kind of yeah the expressive nature of of the nineties. I think that's kind of the the, the heyday of, and, and I think now with the collectors as well, that's where you find like your real gems that are going to be the the most valuable because they are like so strange all of them. Um, and I think that's it's it's very cool. Um, and I back <laughs> it would be cool to, but I, I think sometimes you see, uh, sort of in, in modern times or in in recent times, some designers try to make a similar like uh, motifs to to nineties kits or whatever in the hope to kind of have a renaissance of that kind of style, and it's not always been as successful. Um, because I think it's kind of recognised by the, the main the main brands, yeah, Adidas, um, Nike, Puma, etc. That people want a certain kind of um, the, yeah, there's there's an attraction in, in the sort of 90s style, and they want us that to manifest in a more modern kit in a way. I think that's right. What you're saying, like the shirts are sort of, I feel like they're quite representative of the era, like 90s sort of, but more unsanitized like the players wearing them the baggy shirts but now like when it players are more athletic and the kits reflect that a wee bit it just made me for some reason when you were talking about the baggy shirts in the comparison to now I was thinking how out of place players like Zasha Mulders were in the, the sort of current kits how he would be look like much more at home when he was at 1860 wearing one of the 90s kits rather than like the the um they're all what macaron is it the manufacturer yeah, yeah that now is nike but yeah um, yeah that's right yeah which is even worse but uh, we don't speak about him anymore so yeah he's a gross ass backs problem now <laughs> yeah he's he, he's actually he's actually gone the other way on his own merchandising um his his instagram is just full of uh he seemed to you know they're really they, they've, they've moved to like red colors as well um, which is which has pissed eighteen sixty fans even more off even more. Um, but yeah, he's, he's gone very heavy on the merchandising. I imagine he's probably had to take a pay cut with uh, with Grosser Spach, and he's trying to make it up um, with his actually horrendous looking like um, hoodies, etc. That, that him and his wife are, are flogging at the moment. Not sure how much they cost, but certainly too much. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Let's hope Marcel Bear doesn't sing for Grosser Spach then. That way there. Uh, he, he's good. He's going to the top, my friends. He's going to the very top. <laughs> he's a what a player. We're only we're only seeing it now as Ash has left, uh, letting the the real players play. Uh, I've sort of lost where where I was. We're talking about eras. Uh, I don't know. So, what do you what do you think about recent cuts? I sort of thought that. They've become quite dull, but there is a bit of a renaissance in terms of design. A lot of them harken back to the sort of 90s style, I think. Um, but do you think, do you have any favourites in the sort of 2021-22 season from this season? 
across the league. Well, it's it's um it's it's always kind of interesting when you think about it because I mean you know I think about football kits a lot and kind of know a lot about all of the you know ones that I look at uh, and the, the the Twitter page the 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 false nine the false nine did a poll at the start of this season and I think they're two most popular Bundesliga kits were Freiburg's home kit and Bochum's away kit, uh, Bochum's home kit, which both of which I don't really like personally. They're all right, but they're kind of they're both just Nike templates, and I kind of they're not my kind of designs. So it's kind of interesting how. Um, like the most crazy designs and like the everyone always kind of wants a, a design that is not just a template but you know this is what my club wears and no other club wears it and then everyone actually ends up liking the um the the common kits that a bunch of different teams have i think my one my favorite from the bundesliga this season I don't honestly know. My one of my uh, favorites is Darmstadt's uh, home kit because it's a it's a nice color and it has pinstripes which are done quite well, which I don't really like Bochum's ones, but Darmstadt's a similar design, but I think it's much nicer. And then Osnabrück's away kit, the home kit's pretty good, and the away kit is black and pink, which is kind of out there a bit strange and it's like diagonal stripes and maybe it's because Osnabrück play better in that than in the home kit usually it's just uh, I think it's just a really nice kit that's, so that's one of my favourites which is a bit strange because I don't really like I don't know black and pink stripes that doesn't sound like a great idea but it, it really works that's one of my favourites from this season. To be fair, I'm I'm saying I was saying like how there's a lot more design sort of creeping back into kits, but I think it's sort of saved for the big clubs, like a lot of the big Premier League clubs, the bigger brands are saving their like sort of out there designs for the other the sort of top teams and a lot of the smaller teams just get templates. Uh, I think that's a problem you see in German football. A lot of the Drittliga clubs you'll see have sort of very similar designs. I know like a couple of seasons ago, uh, it was Puma, and you're you're yeah. watching like Halle and Zwickau and Ingolstadt, and they all had and pretty much. And the they're all sponsored kit. by Sunmaker. Sun, oh, oh, Every Sunmaker. single kit in the third division <laughs> sponsored by Sunmaker. Oh, I know. Uh, I don't know. Have you got any any current favourites that stick out to you, George? Yeah, I was. I just picking up on that. I, I would. I would agree that they do tend to just um, bundle off the sort of templates to the lower league sides. But I I can't complain. Nike have been very kind to 1860 since coming in two seasons ago. Well, our, our third kit is just great, but the, our home and away kits are both very tailored to the club. I think that's, I mean, the home kit is obvious, um, like, 
paying a sort of homage to the to the nineties, the, the kids in the nineties. Um, so I think they sort of recognise there's a value in having a, a, a properly tailored uh, 1860 kit. Um, but in the Bundesliga, I, I hate to say this, maybe because I, I I'm not as invested in in um, in football kits, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I, I do think that Freiburg's away kit is is very smart. Um, and I think their home kit's very smart as well. I, th- I think the I'm also someone that I've always preferred simplicity on a, on a kit to having loads going on. Um, so I think the simplicity of the Freiburg away kit, which is black and then got that this kind of funky thing on the sleeves, um, is pretty cool. The um, cone uh, third kit, the one that's like black and it's got a red and white collar, is pretty cool. Um, we have another one in mind. Um, I actually had written it down here, believe it or not. I can't find one. Oh, yeah, the Hertha Away kit, the one that's black and it's got... So these are all just like simple... You can see a trend here. I like the ones that are simple. With, yeah, Hertha Away one's good, yeah. Um, it's, but it's just a sh- shame that um, Hertha is so terrible. Um, <laughs> and then in the Dritter Liga, apart from our home kit, um, similarly, a lot of that Kaiser, the Nike... I'm pretty sure everyone I've said so far has been Nike. Um, some of the Kaiserslautern ones are pretty nice. The Meppens simultaneously have the one that looks like a McDonald's kit, their third kit that they played away to um, Asian Six this year because it's like red and yellow. It looks like it's like 11 Ronald McDonald's. Ronald McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> but they simultaneously have that and they have like a gold and grey, uh, sorry, gold and black um, away kit. I'm not sure which yeah. one is their way or third kit. That's really smart. I, I realised, I think I've said six teams there. I think they're all night kits. So um, I, <laughs> that's actually not deliberate. But I think it speaks to the fact I like a, my, my personal choice of taste is simplicity with a little bit of a little bit of spice thrown in as opposed to loads and loads going on the kit. But 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 that's just me. I, as you can, I mean, I, I'm no sort of fashion icon or fashion expert, quite evidently. So... Well, you are wearing a Chelsea kit, so apart from that, yeah, which is very, which this is actually one of my favourite Chelsea kits. Yeah, after all, we won the Champions League gold stripes, um, we won the Europa League in this kit. That's got Hazard on the back in gold. Very smart, very smart. Well, personally, my I think my favourite from this season is the Hanover away. It's like white with black and green uh, sort of pattern on the sleeves. I, I think it's a bit nineties esque. Yeah, that's they had a similar kit in I think around the late nineties, maybe or probably early nineties when they they won the um, cup. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really good one. I don't know. I I just think this season, Bundesliga especially, so many of them are so forgettable that I don't really pick a favourite. I'm more thinking, sort of the last few years, there's a few different teams I think I've had. Like, so a succession of nice kits like I think Bielefeld kits are always quite nice. I like the mix of blue, white, and black. I always like their um not Macron, it's Macron just now. Uh, Joma. I always like the Joma Bielefeld kits. Um, the Nuremberg Umbro kits as well. I think it's a shame that they moved on. But Umbro kits are actually quite nice. I quite like them. And if you're yeah. talking about them, they do the sort of minimalist style quite well. Always like always liked Umbro when they were with England actually. I'm sure, that, I'm sure you. I'm sure you did as well, Colin. <laughs> I, I always enjoyed seeing them uh, get knocked out of tournaments and umbro cuts. That was nice. Tournaments that the Scotland won in. 
Right, well, <laughs> and that's and thanks for listening this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just throwing me off. Totally, uh, but I, I, I suppose uh, my next sort of next thing to move on to is where you see the, the future of kits going. Sort of mentioned. Uh, it's also also become a bit of a fashion thing, especially the nineties kits uh, become almost like a fashion item. Um, and collecting has become such a popular hobby that's increased a lot during lockdown. People became quite nostalgic, I think, particularly at the start of lockdown, so they're buying a lot of old kits, um, particularly like German football. You saw the rise of things like the Bundesliga boxes, uh, which like really great, having managed to get kits from like the German uh, regional leagues. Uh, but where, where do you see it going, do you think? That there's an issue there that the kits are becoming uh, less affordable, even new kits. I mean, George and I were at the St. Pauli shop a few months ago and they were selling their away kit for 99 euros, which just isn't affordable at all. Well, it's it's quite strange because, um, I mean, football kits cost so much, but I, personally, and I, I mean, I have a pretty decent collection but I never re- I don't think I've ever paid the full full price for a kit because I mean they're not I don't think to me there's very few kits that are like worth 80 quid it's so it's kind of like you know if I find a kit that I like for you know 30 quid or around that that's kind of the ones that I buy so it's but then again it's different for me because it's really like there's one kit where I'm like I really like this I have to have it like you get with um like this year the uh Kappa's Venezia kits which have been really popular on social media and I was like oh I oh I really have to have this and it's like well I don't really care if I mean personally, I don't particularly like uh, all the Venezia kits anyway. But it's like if there's a kit I like, I want to have it. But it's it's for me, it's not worth that. So I've noticed for me, I I don't think they're too expensive because I only ever buy them when they're cheap. But it's also it's, it doesn't almost matter because it's not like you know the German fans always are. You know, we want to be able to go to the stadium. You have to have ticket prices cheap. But then I think the kits are more expensive, at least they used to be in Germany, than they are in England. Now, in England, the prices keep going up anyway. Um, I mean, it's like, it doesn't matter. You just buy it if you can. And what I don't like is um, this year, Napoli in um, in Italy, they're doing their own brand. They're making them their own, but they're sponsored by um, Armani. So it says, like, Armani's made them, but it's Napoli that have made them. And they've put out, like, 11 different kits this season. And it's just... You've you've lost me. What What's the point? I don't understand that. You just... You only need two, maybe three. And then you actually see that getting used a lot. So that's that's the thing that I hope doesn't become more of a trend, 
is kits being used for like free games i i love when you know you have these one-off kits that are for a certain cause or like celebrating something or throwback to something or raising money for something but then napoli is kind of like the other extreme that i'm kind of afraid might become more common in that they're just trying to make loads and loads of kits so if you're a big 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 napoli fan you're like i have to buy 11 kits mm. well jane george um yeah no I, I i definitely agree on that i mean i know um the likes of, of Bayern are pretty good at um uh, commercial ploys like that uh, in sort of ra- randomly producing. I mean, I remember they had that Pharrell Williams um, collaboration thing. It was just uh, another sort of the one they got knocked out the cup in. Exactly, exactly. Which was, <laughs> which, there was a great irony to that getting um, knocked out of the cup on penalties by Holstein. Kiel. What's the story of that? I don't remember that. Well, it was you know you know Pharrell Williams the yeah yeah uh, he's like designed these kits with Adidas and. It, it was like meant to look like they'd kind of been drawn on, but it's just yeah. I mean, I, I don't have to explain my numerous reasons for not liking Bayern, but as another as sort of one added us is um, you know, key um, partners or teams that they have, they were chosen to have one of these kits, and that was the kit they were wearing when they got knocked out um, by by um, Holstein Kiel on penalties. Uh, but I mean, what I was going to say is that. I mean, I just remembered that uh, Borussia Dortmund are doing that thing for the 2023-24 season where they've asked their fans to send in um, ideas for like their own design for the kit. I think that seems quite odd. Um, personally, I'm not really a fan of that. Um, you've got your own people to right. like, like, design the kit. You don't have to ask your fans. Like, I mean, you ask fans on important things. Um to do with the running of the club and like I mean that's just that's my my own opinion seems like I don't know seems like they're trying to make headlines there what I was going to say um, is that it's going to get to a point in terms of sustainability where clubs can't be uh, making hundreds of thousands of kits or producing hundreds of thousands of kits in three or four different styles every year and then not being able to reasonably account for where those kids are going once they're discontinued at the end of the season. Um, where, I mean, you know, like in terms of sustainability and, and climate change and things, they can't just be throwing away kits or not being able to sell them or stockpiling them uh, you know, without, without putting a good use to them, which I don't believe they always are at the moment. So we may see at one point the kids, I mean, there's a, there's a trade-off, obviously, financially, um, with the when there's a new kit every year, there's, you have to rush to buy the new kit every time it's released. But I don't, I mean, I don't see that as sustainable um, environmentally. So it, it might be a, a point where it flips to that we only have a, a kit every two or three years. Or there's a way to that you 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 exchange your kit at the end of each season for the new kit if you have a deposit or some some sort of thing like that. Um, that's personally what I would like to see because it, I always think that all these kits are in fashion for the season that they are, um, they're being worn, and then their price, you know, halves just overnight once the new kit is released, and they're all sort of um, 
you know deemed redundant and they're not worn anymore and there's all these excess kits that are not being used that could be used more charitably or whatever um and that's you know, i think um the shirts of today will be similarly um sold for high num um high volumes of money like uh, the ones in the 90s though like when yeah, people, yeah, I, mean, I don't there's... know i don't know people people probably aren't going to be nostalgic about 2021 and 2020 because <laughs> it was it's a, it's an absolutely horrible period of time but yeah, but there's there's a buffer of these things for them to become nostalgic. I'm talking about like in 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 the short term, you've got all these kits hanging around, which you know could could be um, more fairly given to to those who are uh, less fortunate or uh, also you know recycled perhaps in a way eventually, um, rather than just having loads of wasted kits, um, seems slightly uh, unsustainable. Uh, to myself at least yeah i don't know that's a good point like i was actually going to bring that up because i i can't remember what club it is uh, but there is someone that uh, that announced they were going to keep their, their kit for next season um it's more sustainable one of you don't remember who it is but it slipped my mind but i think that's a good thing in terms of like say, sustainability but in terms of like designs as well because obviously like manufacturers have got to come up with new designs every year um and I think it might just be a better environment for fresh designs if it's maybe every two or three seasons in each kit. There's more, each kit will become more memorable if you've got a new one less often, I think. I think that would be a good thing. And just remembering, like, when Louis bringing up uh, the number of kits per season, some of the ridiculous things you used to get. I remember, like, German clubs, some of them used to bring out Christmas kits, like Dortmund and Bear the Bremen, and they would only wear them for like the three or four games in December. 1860 actually had a Christmas kit this year, to be fair. It was white and gold. That's so pointless. I remember Werder Bremen used to do it and they used to like change their badge into it, yeah. the shape Osnabrück of Yeah, Book have done that as well. Uh, <laughs> once or twice, I think. It, does, it doesn't work the same because it's not green, but oh well. But, um, I don't I don't mind those. It's like if, if you have a cause or something to celebrate, like you know, Cologne doing the carnival kits every year, it's it's only when it goes a bit uh random, like just having loads and loads of kits for no real reason, or um having a third kit that you don't need and then bringing out another third kit that you don't need. I think Leipzig last year had the um, their third kit. They didn't even use it, and so but they sold loads of them. But they didn't. I don't think they ever used it. And it's like, well, what's the point? I, I that's something that I don't understand. If it's, if it's not being made to be worn on the pitch, mm. then it's kind of is is it even is it really a football kit? Was it that's to me, it doesn't interest me personally. If, if they don't wear it on the pitch, then I I don't really care about it. Is I think that's also that's one of that's maybe something that comes to make a lot of these kits more valuable. I'm just thinking. I know that the the uh, for Italian ninety when 
England wore red, had a, the white kit, obviously a red kit, and they had the blue version that was never worn. That blue version has since become really popular because it because it was never worn. But I'm sure that's not uh, that wasn't Leipzig's idea. Um, but you'd, I, I mean, I noticed this from your um, from your thread as well, Louis, that um, often these like little kinks, where, like whether they're sort of mistakes or um, little reasons why something's not quite right, tends to add value to, to the kit, um, or, not, or that, whether that's financial value of just or that interest. Um, seems that a lot of people are kind of drawn to when there's a little quirk to it. Yeah, I mean, there's there was a couple of years ago. I remember um, Wolves sent someone a kit that had the badge upside down, and I think they ended up giving it to charity, and they made loads of money off it somehow. And uh, there's a post I saw some football kit collector yesterday who got one of this year's Venezia kits and found that the collar was the wrong way round. So it's like it's green on the left when it's supposed to be green on the right and orange on the left, and they put it the wrong way around. And it's like a manufacturing error makes it more expensive, makes it more valuable. I don't really know why, almost because it's rarer, but it's like I'd know I'd be kind of disappointed still if I had one that was wrong. But yeah, well, I know I know from my from my. Uh my formative years as a stamp collector that um, when there is like a, 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 um, a small mistake, they are the ones that are by far, by far the rarest. But um, like I said, I'm not entirely sure that is what Leipzig had in mind when they decided to not hit play in their, in their third kit. But it's interesting nonetheless that, that, that that's one of the things that does add value um, to a kit for sure. That just but closes off our discussion on tricos. Uh, but George, I don't know if you had any suggestions for any final topics to close the, the episode off. Well, um, good question, Colin. Um, as we were, as I was just discussing there, the sort of the the little intricacies that, that can make um, whether yeah, be it be it a stamp or, or a football kit, quite quite valuable. Um, I can remember thinking throughout the the, the podcast that. You know, you there's things that make a, a a kit either valuable or memorable or, or popular, and it seems to me that whether that would be whether that's associated with a certain time that you are is particularly fond of certain certain player, perhaps even a certain a certain moment like a particular goal that you remember being scored um, in. Yeah, in, in that kit, and it's not. It's it's often kind of more than the intrinsic value of of the the kit itself as like a as an aesthetic. But I was going to ask, obviously, Louis, you're more clued up and well read on these things. Like what what do you think are like the main things that go into a kit being? I, I, I didn't really know whether to say popular or or memorable or whatever. But what do you think are the main things that contribute to a, to a well known kit? I suppose. Honestly, I think the the main thing is just the actual football. Um, And then you kind of have the separate end of the scale where it's teams that you've never heard of having a crazy kit that, you know, a top professional team would never have and kind of the novelty of it. 
but the the most memorable kits are generally the the ones that the teams win stuff in because i mean you'll probably watch them more even if you're not a fan and the fans always want to have the kits that you know you won this in or you beat your rivals wearing this that and i, I think that's the main thing like and obviously the availability of it if it's the rarer it is the more it's going to cost i think that's probably the main thing more than like what it looks like and like the actual quality of the i mean the actual quality of the 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 kit as you know a product like the quality of the fabric and the stitching nobody cares it's it's kind of this strange thing in that that's the the quality of what what you what you're getting is like the least important thing because I don't know you can't tell the quality by looking at it unless it's seriously bad you can't you know that doesn't affect my opinion of it if it's like if once I tell you I uh the only 1860 kit I have it's got uh it's one of the Macron kits from a couple years ago and the badge really hurts (laughs) It like kind of digs in into your chest because it's got the like pointy edges. Mm. It's not very nice, but it's you know that doesn't affect the cost at all because you only find that out after you've already spent all your money on it, <laughs> and it still looks good. So why does it matter? I just think. Um... Yeah, like you're saying, it's like the football was obviously the most important thing and the memories attached to the shot. You know, obviously, a, a league title winning kit is going to be more popular than a relegation kit. Like, I'm I'm currently wearing a relegation kit, uh, I've just realised. but <laughs> Yeah, and I'm wearing a promotion kit, so there you George go. George is wearing a Europa League winning shot, is that right? Exactly, what our Europa League winning shirt celebrating the the Champions League win. I would say the last since I've been back in the UK, I've been able unable to wear any of my German kits uh, on the podcast I had previously done because the all, all my German kits are presently in Germany. So th- this is one rather drawn out of my kind of childhood collection. It's kind of worrying that it still fits me, but I, I actually think this was my dad's. This was, I mean, this was from twenty thirteen yeah 2012 13 so this obviously wasn't the one i was wearing when i was 13 so i think this was my dad's actually he, he's not he's not the biggest man in the world he uh, he is uh, a listener of the podcast actually he might be offended that i've revealed to everyone that he, that he's not particularly tall um so sorry dad if you're listening uh and, and yeah oh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> Right, yeah, I was going to make a point now, but sidetracked from that. Uh, it was along, I think alongside the football, I don't know, like sort of, I don't really like the sort of commercialisation of it all, but the sponsor is quite important, I think. And I think the 90s kits, a lot of them have iconic sponsors, like I was mentioned, Opal earlier, the Bayern kits, the Continentale, of course, the tyre company. Uh, but, uh, that's a reason why a lot of the modern kits are maybe slightly less fondly received because so many of them are betting companies. Uh, and in terms of German kits, I don't think anyone w- w- sort of looks fondly back on a Sunmaker kit when like 
10 other teams in the country have the same sponsor. Um, so I would say that's quite important. And then just like any like, distinctive, memorable kits from from the past, like particularly away kits, if it's like a sort of distinctive colour that a team I've never really worn before, that's always going to be memorable. What about you, George? What do you think makes a memorable kit? Um, well, I suppose I've, I've, I've already said uh, that, that I think that it's like... Well, I, I wasn't listening. Well, no, I, no, no I, think, I think that... Yeah, I think we can all agree that it's little to do with... I mean, it's it's difficult because a lot of them, I think, are, are sort of, you know, there's certain... Like I was thinking about the like the 2010 um, 11 Schalke kit, and just whatever you think of that, you just think of Raul, for example. Um, and um, you know, there's certain kits that you don't even, that you just look at straight away and you think of a certain player. I think it's obviously different when talking when you're talking about your own team to to other sides. Um, so I'd, I mean, I don't really have an answer for, for me from like the teams that I support. Chelsea in eighteen sixty, the the kits would be the ones that yeah, you do associate with, um, you know the 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 better moments, whatever. But well, it, yeah, but the, alongside that, in my time supporting an eighteen being an eighteen sixty fan, there's been no moments really, um, like reverse moments, bad moments. Uh, so I mean that's not always the case. Uh, talk about the talk about the shirt that you wore when you almost got promoted from Death League last season. Yep. We don't talk about that, as you know. Um, <laughs> the um, the Zasha Mulder's football got era. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's over now. We're on. To, we've we've, t- we've turned a new. We're on to a new, much brighter chapter. Um, so, and I, I would be very happy if eighteen sixty got promoted in this kit because it is a beauty. I mean, I I'm not sure if, if anyone would go as far as say that certain promotions or cup wins or league wins have been ruined by a by a really poor kit, but I mean, it does potentially take the gloss off it to some extent. Um but no I, I don't know I probably haven't thought as 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 deeply as I as I ought to have done about the sort of the main characteristics of a good football kit. But I think based on pure looks as I kind of revealed earlier, mine's always about simplicity. But I think when you've got an emotional connection to it, um you know the the looks go out the window. It's more sort of um sound like I'm sound like I'm this <laughs> <laughs> God, sound like I'm uh, I'm some sort of um, relationship advisor or something, you know, a marriage counselor, <laughs> which, which I'm certainly not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not the man to ask about either of those things. If anyone, if anyone knows me well, um, <laughs> um, but my point being, my more serious point <laughs> is is that I think when it's your own club, you do have a more emotional connection to it, and you sort of—I was going to say—you learn to love the uh, the aesthetics, but that 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 sort of that makes me sound like I'm talking about something else even more. So I'll, I'll just stop. I'll just stop talking. Leave leave you guys who are the more the more trico experts to to finish off. I think that ends on a high. I think we'll just, unless we've got any further comments, uh, I think we'll end and close off our chat for this week. Uh, something hopefully will be interesting for listeners. Uh, some of the German football shirts we talked about, uh, talked through some of our favourites, favourite eras, then moved on to current designs, state of the future in terms of shirt designs and 
issues such as sustainability and closed off with George's relationship advice. Uh, hopefully it was as interesting to listen to as it was us to talk about it. And as ever, thanks to our listeners for putting up with us for an hour and a half. And also thanks to George and especially Louis, our special guest, for joining me. And as ever, thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Und Karl-Heinz, Riedle 1 zu 0 für Borussia Dortmund. Oh!